Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. You're tuned in to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Hi, how's it going? I'm your co-host, Moshe Kasher. And I'm the star, Natasha Legera. <laughs> and <So>, my wife. <laughs> Moshe and I, uh, we want to do a podcast where we help people with their relationships because we have a Netflix special where... You should just stop there because we have a Netflix special. Well, no, I'm just saying we did it on our Netflix special and it's so fun. And we're in a relationship, Natasha and I. We've been married for about three years. Yeah, we've been together for about seven. I got that itch. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it's been seven years? We've been together seven years. No, we haven't. Yeah, we have. No, we haven't. I mean, I've been with you seven years. Really? Well, when do you think we got together? I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's been seven years. And we have a child, and we're living in marital bliss, and touring stand-up comedians, and having the time of our lives. And we went on this long tour, the Honeymoon Stand-Up Tour, which led to a Netflix special, which led to this podcast that you're listening to right now. Yeah, and um, the reason why we call it the Endless Honeymoon, though, is because we learned about this very rich couple who went on their honeymoon and came back 10 years later with four children. And you wanted to recreate that <laughs> yes, kind of magic. in our lives. Okay, so before we get started taking calls, what I thought would be fun is to have a fight of the week. And maybe people could weigh in who's right and who's wrong. Okay, great. Do you, you have any thing you want to say about me um we were fighting uh we weren't really fighting about it but we had we couldn't figure out what to call the baby's shit we, no like, you I keep think, saying to call it shit well no i don't care what we call it i don't want to call it poop i think like something bad happened to humanity when adults started being like okay with saying poop like your brother was i think a, chelsea peretti has a joke about that honey oh really like the uh, the um your brother came over the other day and he was like supposed to be doing some work for us around the house. He disappeared for like 45 minutes. And we we're like, Brian, 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 where'd you go? And then finally, like he appeared like 45 minutes later. And we're like, dude, where were you? And he's like, I, uh, I just, we we're like, what do you mean? Do you do you just, you, where were you? He goes, he was like, got all mad. He goes, I had to poo. Okay. No, he said I had to poop. I had to poop. Okay. And he was like. <laughs> angry he was like activated and i just thought that was so funny for an angry adult male to be like i had to poop okay so something bad happened okay well i know and when i was little we said bm which i think is fucking gross right right so what bowel i try movement. to do with the what baby, did happen to bowel movement people don't say bowel movement anymore well what i say is what do you think happened though did the movement end yeah maybe it was just kind of 80s or something it was like 80s it was like new wave music like, people definitely didn't say poo in the 80s. Like, right. that, that started to rear its head in, like, 2000s, and everyone thought it was so funny to put it in a script yeah. for someone to be like, I have to poo. Poo. Which is, like, so fucking disgusting. I know. And then, like, it was like cupcakes and poo kind of came up around the same time. But what I like to say when the baby goes to the bathroom is I, in a, like, kind of an, an un <laughs> undefined accent, say, oh, you have to poo-poo? Oh, you do it like that. So you, you are, you're not in the poo, but you're in a poo-poo. With an accent. But do you ever do like a racist accent? No, I always say, well, do you have to poo-poo? So it's French. Yeah, it's on the... Vaguely it's... French. Yeah. Let's do different accents of saying poo-poo. What do you think? Oh, you mean right now? Yeah. Okay. Um, call one out. Uh, Irish. Ah, did you have to poo-poo? Uh, Chinese. Uh, you do Chinese. No, <laughs> I'm you good. do Chinese. <laughs> I'm going to pass on doing Chinese. <laughs> do another white accent. We'll do okay, all white, do... all white accents. All, all right, Australian. Or I'll do it. You do it. Yeah, it's a poo-poo. What? Yeah. That's Australian? Yeah, it's a poo-poo. That's not Australian. Yeah, it's a poo-poo. That's not Australian. I don't know. That's like the East End or something, like like My Fair Lady. You have to poo-poo. Wait, how do Australians talk? They go like, you're all right, mate. Is that No, that's British. Australians like to uh, there you go. drink flavoured milk. And, and go poo-poo. There you go. That's better. Way better. Do you have to poo-poo? All right. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Um, Give me a white poo. Uh, Dutch. Ooh, that's kind of... Right, how about German? Did you, did you have to poo-poo? Oh, the, nothing makes me hornier than when I see a big load of poo-poo on my chest. Oh, I am I am very into scatological play, but I don't say shiza because it's a little bit too adult of a term. I like poo-poo. 
it makes it feel a little bit more innocent. Uh, even though my people are stained with a original sin of what we did in the Second World War. Uh, do you have to poo-poo? <laughs> um, that was, was kind of cool is that at certain moments I lost the accent and it became the Chinese accent that I wouldn't do earlier. Okay, okay how about, you, your turn. How about your Italian? How about an Italian? Do you have to poo-poo? That's pretty good. Do, do more. Oh, bambino, do you have to poo-poo? That's okay. Dai, bambino. Oh, welcome to Roma. Welcome to Roma. Oh, welcome to Roma. Do you know where I can get tonight, a fettuccine? Uh, tonight we have a special. It's a fettu- It's a fettuccine. What? A fettuccine. <laughs> what? A fettuccine. Ah, it's a fettuccine in a light poopoo sauce. <laughs> give me a c- country. A country? America. There's regional accents okay, in America. Uh, okay, give me. Okay, um, can you do like a... Excuse me. Can you... Pa- no, pardon me. I got a slice of pizza right here. I got a slice of za. I got a brand new Cadillac. I ate the pizza. I got another Cadillac. I'm driving up to West Nyack. And you know what? I got to pull over because guess what? Daddy's got a poo-poo. <laughs> Can you do Russian? Yes. This is terrifying. Do you? Do you? The, the Russian no. Russian accent is more for this just feels a little more Russian. Do you have to poo-poo? I would say it go like this, like Do you have to poo-poo? Do you have to poo-poo? My name's Boris. I come from Russia. And, and do- in Russia we have something called the vodka poopoos. You drink too much vodka and See, then Can I just say something? Yes. A- adding an S at the end, already I hate it. I don't want it's not called the poo-poos. You don't like but in Russia, no. poo-poos you. That's a joke that I feel wasn't funny, I'll give you, but you also didn't get. Uh, okay, what else we got? Russia? I think we're good. You want to move on? Hey, this is it's called a bit. <laughs> okay, let's take a few calls. Natasha and I consider ourselves essentially relationship experts. We've traveled around the country giving relationship advice to hundreds and hundreds of couples. And we've been married for anywhere between five and seven years. Yeah, we've been married for an indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> We're uniquely qualified to give you advice on your relationship problems, or if you're not in a relationship, why you aren't in a relationship and what your fucking problem is. We got a few calls lined up, and we're going to try to solve some very serious issues. First up, we're calling Mitchell from Koreatown. That's in Los Angeles. This is kind of a jam. Yo, we're about to call Mitchell on the phone. Hello? Hello? Mitchell? Uh, yes, that's me. Mitchell, hi. It's Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. Hi, calling. Mitchell. Hey, how's it going? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing real good. Um, we heard that you have an issue. Uh, we know that you live in Koreatown in Los Angeles and you are afraid your girlfriend... Wait, hold on. Don't <laughs> say it. Mitchell, tell us your issue because when I heard what it was, I was like, we got to call that dude Stat because he might not be around much longer. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend's been getting into, I guess, paganism. She's like bought this shelf and has, uh, I guess, an altar. Um, she's got tarot cards and, and candles, and I just don't know much about it, so it kind of makes me nervous. So you're, <laughs> you're afraid your girlfriend's turning into a witch? Yeah, right. Yes. And Mitchell, are you religious? Obviously not. not. He's no. scared of an altar. I'm He's s- like, she bought a shelf? Well, if you were... <laughs> <laughs> I have an altar. <laughs> if you were Christian, then it would be a real issue. Oh, I see. Do you know what the crux... Like, what's her core... Like, is there any... Do you see, like, an Aleister Crowley book? Like, what's the main thing? Is she chanting? Is there... Is there a cauldron around? <laughs> oh, have any of your pets gone missing? <laughs> um, I guess... Actually, can you go there right now? Is she home? No, no, she's not. So go to her altar, and can you just tell me some of the stuff that's on there, and if there's any books? Wait, but 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 <laughs> yeah, Mitchell, definitely. Mitchell, be really careful because if you open the books, it, there's a strong possibility that one of the pages uh, will inhabit your soul, <laughs> and that you'll actually turn into a toad. There, there's um, some crystals. There's a tarot deck. Uh, Don't touch some that. Some of the cards around. There's an open book. What's oh, the shit. book? What's the book? Magical almanac. Oh God, Mitchell, run, Practice run, Mitchell! So living. she's trying to cast spells. I know that there are spells, and she's done one. Oh really? What spell not... has she done? 
I don't know. I didn't. She didn't tell me. <laughs> what do you mean? You didn't ask? I like to give her that space, you know? Wait, 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 wait. Your girlfriend was like, yeah, I cast a spell today, and you weren't like, what was the spell? What if it was the... Mitchell's a sweet guy. He's trying to be open. What if it was the shrivel up my boyfriend's dick spell? Uh (laughs) Oh. I just introduced some fear into your heart. Wait, Mitchell, I have a question. Is there anything desperate about her? Like, is she like, is she really trying to manifest things in her life? Hmm, I don't think so. I feel like that would have come up in the last two and a half years. If she's trying to create something with witchcraft, it might be more positive for her to do it through like other things. Like Mitchell, um, okay. What are you afraid of? Like what what freaks you out about this? Um, I guess that it'll turn into something more like I don't know. Should cut your dick off. I don't off. know what it's all entailed, you know. I'm afraid I'll come home and there'll be like a lot of <laughs> naked witches floating in my apartment or something or a sacrifice going on or, you know, maybe my, my dick will shrivel up because she's done a, a dick shrivel up spell. I know. And that honestly... I, now that's in the back of my mind. Well, it should be on the front of your mind because it's an incredibly common spell. <laughs> And they do it all the time. And I got to tell you, it's a real fear. It's a real concern. I had it happen to me once in 92. And that's how I got down to nine and a half inches. I mean, I went to my friend took me to the uh, the store where you buy um, crystals. It was like being at Costco on a Saturday. Every single person was lined up. There was like five deep lines. Like everyone's like, I'll take I'll take a rose quartz. Like people, my friend's like, you can stuff these in your bra. I mean, that's like how desperate everybody feels because of Trump. We've all been told the world is ending in 20 years. Our president is like beyond what our worst imaginations ever. No one can even believe that it's happened. Everyone's so desperate and lost that they're turning to astrology and mythological things and that is an interesting idea that like people are feeling kind of hopeless right now what gives you more hope than like magic like that the world actually has like a secret magical fabric underlying that what 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 seems like reality i was at a dinner party literally on friday and uh, an old friend of mine was telling me how she was getting into like witchy stuff and astrology. And she explained to me, my old friend, that there's like a new movement, especially in L.A., of like witchy, woo-woo, astrology. People are really getting into it. And like, here's the thing for you to remember, Mitchell. This is a spiritual fad. Like, and so what that means to me is like your girlfriend isn't getting into like ritual sacrifice and like the dark arts your girlfriend is like a spiritual seeker and this is like a popular form of spiritualism right now i'll be honest i don't believe in witchcraft i don't believe in spiritualism or astrology but i do believe that spiritual seeking is like a positive and i think like it sounds like your girlfriend is just like seeking seeking out what it's like if she was into yoga 10 years ago that's i i I don't think this is any more serious than that Well, like, what would freak you out more, Mitchell, if you came home and you found the magical almanac or if you found, like, a heavily annotated New Testament? (laughs) That is such a good question. (laughs) Like, like when New Testament with all Jesus is writing, everything Jesus said is in red. Oh, it's highlighted. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's actually, that's like the King James version is all Jesus's words are in red, which, by the way... Is a beautiful version of the Bible. I so what do you admit. what do you got, Mitchell? Which one? Which thing would freak you out more? Oh, the second one. The Bible. <laughs> yeah. Because it's got all kinds of like societal, like weird baggage that comes along with it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I, I think you're right. I think it's a much more mellow thing. I think uh, it allows her to like get into her spiritual side and helps her be who she is yeah and and that's cool that's a great way that's a very loving way to look at it it's like an outlet for her and and it might be how she's creative even so it's like you know as long as you're like keeping an eye on it (laughs) yeah right if the pets if the pets go missing uh then call us back but in the meantime i would suggest go to a bookstore buy her a book a, a, a witchy a witchy book to show her that you're like supportive and the good news is if she gets really into witchcraft i almost guarantee the sex is about to get crazy, dog. Ooh. She's going to unshrivel that dick. I'll get her a book. Yeah, okay, get her a book. You don't want crazy sex. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mitchell. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Mitchell, right. good luck. Yeah. Good luck out there. And may the winds of the goddess Orion be ever 
in your favor. <laughs> Thanks. That guy was so cute. He was sweet. I mean, I do think, honestly, like, my takeaway from that is, like, that witchcraft and paganism and all that stuff has this really, like, dark negative connotation from, like, literally the Middle Ages. And it's just not really like that anymore. Even though I don't necessarily believe in it, like, I just see, like, his girlfriend is just essentially doing yoga. In my opinion, Moshe might disagree with this, but there are people who are just a little more intuitive and able to access this sort of intuition and... Well, you think there are people that are actually able to tune into magic? Uh, being psychic, possibly. Sometimes it's nice to, like, make connections with things. Yeah, all right. And now it's time to spin the wheel of truth! First question. Have you ever written a song, poem, or something earnest for the other? For each other? Yeah. No. I have. You've written me a poem? I've written you... I remember when I was taking piano lessons and we just started dating and the dogs were barking. I would like make up a little song and send it to you. What? Oh, yeah. I kind of do remember Thank that. Thank you. Yes, yeah, on like a voicemail, right? Yeah. That was pretty nice, you know? Uh, I've never written you a poem. You did have me read something really deep that you wrote, though. I was showing off how good of a writer I am? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've done a lot of things in earnest for you. But uh, Now, also, have you? I wanted to know, have you ever written a poem for a lover, though, in general? Anything I do that is in the realm of poetry, music, or art could be also qualified as outsider art. <laughs> okay. So I'm just saying it's very, like, lo-fi. Outsider art? Yeah. Like, it's just a, you know, it would be like a very simple song. Can you give us an example? No. It's the opposite of like high art. It's like, you know, it's like what handicapped people do. What? Or handicapped children. Can you cut what this are out? You <laughs> no, keep this in. What are you talking about? I'm talking about outsider art is usually like people with disabilities do art that's no, like really it's beautiful. No, not. That's not what outsider art is. It's not when people <laughs> with developmental disabilities finger paint and hand it to a lover. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? That's what and that's I what you're saying you do? Yes. <laughs> you must have made a lot of lovers very confused. <laughs> like she seemed really smart. No, it's like it's like a um, But what is this what is this Thanksgiving turkey hand? It's like expressionism, you know? It's okay. like abstract. It's like it's 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 your ar artistic creation, but you're not like Dear Dear Thomas. I like you very much. Stop. Roses are red. So are I other mean, things. Google outsider art. I don't I know, know what outsider it's like art is. People in mental institutions. Like, for example, I went and to. And you made it? <laughs> what are you talking because about? Because it's the people who are good at it. Okay. Like, when I went to San Quentin, there was like a whole art program there, and some of it looks so dark, and it, you know, it just looks like this expressionistic, like, you know, insanity, but it's, there's something really beautiful about it. And that it's not like they're not trained in the traditional ways. Well, I will say that I'm not really a poet, nor do I do outsider poetry or anything like that. But, but, uh, I thought, but when I was a young man mm -hmm. and I was a young teen that, and I was a white person, I still am. But at the time I thought I was a black person. Mm -hmm. I, this is so funny to me. I got set up to on a romantic connection with a girl in i was in oakland and i thought i was black there was a girl in san francisco white girl who thought she was mexican <laughs> and they were like you guys would be perfect for each other <laughs> and we had a romance that was only over the phone we never met and uh i remember those and um she and i the only way we communicate was on the phone or we would dedicate oldies to each other on <laughs> the local oldies <laughs> that feels pretty outsider art yeah right and pretty developmentally disabled as well <laughs> all right Wait, do you remember what song you dedicated to her it was probably like baby let's cruise away from here wow, this, this one's really going sad. out to sicily out in san francisco's mission district from moshe in oakland he wants to tell you yo i'm feeling you tonight missing <laughs> your presence dog now let's let smoky robinson take us away should we do another one i like this segment people did you sleep with before your current partner <laughs> I, great question I, I actually could probably i could definitely count but i did count before and i it's either 11 or 17 are you kidding no you slut 
I uh, I always think like men and men and women like have the opposite impulse with the amount of sexual partners. Obviously, this isn't true for every man or every woman, but like I feel like in general, women want to be able to count the amount of partners they've had on two hands. Like they, that's their like goal. Oh, I want to be able to do it on two hands. And men want to not be able to remember how many it was. Right. And I'm glad to tell you guys, I have absolutely no idea. Do you think it's more than 70? Yeah. More than 70? Yeah. Wait, that's a lot. I know. Have you been tested for STDs? No, not in the last seven years. <laughs> Wait, do you think it's more than 150? Yeah. More, do you think it's more than 400? I think it's probably about 400. <laughs> Wait, I, I, wait, that's but I, so funny because I was so embarrassed to say 17 Honey, because I, I think it was 11. I just want you to know, though, that all of that sex was something that I consider outsider sex. <laughs> and it's kind of like when disabled people have sex or people in prison have sex. Like it doesn't quite. It's not classically trained. <laughs> okay. So you think somewhere between somewhere around 400. Somewhere around that. Wow. That's disgusting why because it just seems like you would have a disease but i mean I'm, i don't i mean i think i don't also you're not that old like how it's not like you're like snoop dog going from like land it's to not. land <laughs> what do you mean snoop dog going from land to land i'm just thinking of like someone who's like you think doing... snoop dog's a bedouin i just think like when you're on tour as a musician or a comedian Oh, I see. So every time you had a show, you would have no, sex with a different the girl from the here's audience? The I became sexually active and very sexually active when I was 16. Me like, that's, too. That's when and I, I had one two-year relationship after the other, which never takes in relationships, me to 11 years. But I was never in relationships. I was I, When I was 16, I started going to raves. And uh, there was like all kinds of free love. So it was like everybody was sleeping with everybody. Then I spent, uh, you know, I was there until I was like 22 or whatever. And then I got into comedy. And that's also like traveling around the world. Oh, also there was the internet. The internet came about. Like I always think you can kind of digitally timestamp yourself based on the internet. Like I started hooking up with people at like Yahoo Personals. I moved into Craigslist. <laughs> then Yahoo Personals. Then I, then I transferred over to OkCupid. But I never made it to Tinder. Ooh, you're lucky. I think I am lucky because I yeah. do think I would have a disease if I had ever indulged. You would have been Tinder. having sex with like two girls a day. I'm telling you, I had that many partners during the time that Tinder didn't exist. Right. And Tinder just seems like insane. How, how would you meet a girl? You because you don't On even okay drink. On OkCupid or what? Or well, you would you like go to clubs or something to meet these girls? Yeah, I was in the no, club before the internet. I was in the club nightly. Oh, really? No. Um. Like, how would I meet girls? Yeah. Many different ways. Like, because you don't drink and there was no internet. So, like, how are you meeting? Before them? the internet was really popular for dating, I was in the rave scene and you would just go to raves and everybody was hooking up with everybody. And then the internet came around when I stopped going to raves and then I would meet girls at comedy shows or meet people on the internet. Or sometimes I would just go down to like drive around like kind of sketchy neighborhoods and I would like flash money out the window or whatever. I remember you That's told a joke. me. Oh, okay. That's true. Well, I this isn't a joke. I remember you told me that when you were driving home from your set at the comedy store, if you texted enough people... No, hold on. You got to tell the story right. <laughs> okay, you tell it. If I bombed at the comedy store, mm -hmm. I would... Which is on Sunset, kind of the west side. Right. I live on the east side of Los Angeles, so it's about a 25-minute drive from the comedy store to my house, and this is when I was single. If I did well, who knows what I would do. But if I bombed, I would immediately start texting girls that I had like booty call situations with on my drive home because like the psychology was like so transparent. It was like I felt weak. I wanted to like, you know, feel good or whatever. I would be texting these girls all the way down Sunset. And if I hit Western and no one had texted me back, I would pull over at the Dunkin' Donuts on Western and Sunset and get a buttermilk donut. <laughs> <laughs> that is so sweet and sad and pathetic. I'm glad I'm married. This is way better. Although that was fun too. Should we spin again? Let's do one more. All right, we'll do one more. One more, one more. Have you ever faked it with your current partner? Have you ever faked it? You know, I gotta say... I just always went into, I usually go in, I'm sure I have before in my past, but with you or someone I'm in love with, I I, I don't really do that. You don't really? I don't. You I'm never saying, have. I never have. It yeah. feels like 
in my head, if I do that, that would be a slippery slope and then you would always do it. You know, you always want to, when you have an orgasm, you don't want to ever fake that because then it's like, what happens the next time? Then you do it and then you're always having fake orgasms. I don't know. Seems like a very slippery slope. We'll say a weird statistic about me. Um, Remember I told you I was with approximately three to 400 people. What's really interesting about me is no one of them ever faked it with me. No, I can tell. Wait, a man can't fake it, right? No, I faked it with you a bunch of times. Oh my God. I'm serious. Sometimes like I'll just take some lotion and just kind of splurt it and be like, that was great, honey. You're lying. No, of course I can. But I have faked it with somebody once. How'd you do that? I was just with this girl and I was like not. It's fe- so much easier for a woman to fake it. I know. Man. I was just not feeling it and I was wearing protection and I was like, oh yeah, I, I'm done. I didn't make noise, but I was just like, oh, I, I came. What was so bad about There's her? Just, I don't remember exactly, but there was something awkward happening and I was just like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Oh mama. <laughs> well, I'm all done there. But with you, honey, it's been real every time. Thank you. So I had an idea that we would set up our uh, relationship helpline to also be a secrets hotline. I'm curious about people. I feel like everybody's got a secret that they've never told anyone. And everybody wants to get it off their chest. So we would set up our hotline and we would see if anybody out there had some secrets that they wanted us to play. So we're just going to play a few of them. And we're going to comment on them. And I'm really excited about this. But before we do, let's each tell our deepest darkest secret that we've never told anyone (laughs) i'm just kidding let's roll the clip so my boyfriend of five years uh won't give me my ring yet so i ordered a like a 20 dollar ring off amazon and i wear it every single chance i can like he has no idea nobody has (laughs) never i'm alone whenever i can Okay, bye. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, hold on. She wears it when she's not with him? She's not engaged. (laughs) He's not proposed. She bought herself a fake engagement ring to walk around to be like, do you like it? To her coworkers and stuff. Wait, did she say to her coworkers she broke out for a second? I think it was like, it might, it couldn't be her coworkers. She's in there and be like, oh my God, he proposed. It seemed it's, like it was for herself. It's for herself to walk around the big city and just be like, look at Lou. <laughs> um that's a good one i I, love that i mean it's cute i mean it seems a little troubling for her relationship though because it's like first of all you're putting so much on the man like does he know that no he doesn't know that's the beauty of a secret like that is it's just for her does he know that she wants to get she obviously wants to get married and he hasn't done it yet And if he's not gonna marry her that's a girl who wants to get married no matter what that is wild what is it that she gets out of feeling like people think she's engaged in the world like people are looking at her and going, now there's an engaged young lady. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want... That's, I think that's funny. It's, there's a part of it that's like, damn, pick yourself up, girl. You, you know, you, you don't need that. But there's part of me that really likes it because it's like, it's a secret with yourself. It's like a game you're playing with yourself. I mean, I'm sure if we were to talk to her, she'd probably like... Her friends are all married, or her sisters are all married, or she's feeling like a little left out or something. I think it's cute and disturbing. <laughs> it's a little of both. Let's play another one. I mean, it's, a, it's not really that bad of a secret, but I convinced my parents that I really liked horror movies as a kid so I could watch On Demand late at night, but I really just did it because horror movies had a lot of titties in them. <laughs> And it was really hard to find things to be my me too until I found out what the internet was. Sorry, mom, I don't really like horror movies that much. But I like titties and beating my meat. <laughs> Where did that guy walk out of 1991? <laughs> Wait, what did he say that he 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 wanted to beat his meat? Yeah, That's he, he needed to beat his meat, and he um. It, he told his parents that he loved horror movies, so could he please watch Cinemax late at night? <laughs> and then they would go to bed, and he would put them on. He didn't like horror movies, but they have a lot of tits in them, so he would beat his meat to the to the horror tits. Wow, it's hard out there, especially pre-internet. It was difficult. What did you do to beat my meat? If I needed to beat my meat, when it was beat my meat time, um, I did a lot of things. I did phone sex, as you know. Um, I spent all of my bar mitzvah money on phone sex. <laughs> you know that, right? Sometimes no. there used to be this magazine called The Spectator that was like pretty much all for sex workers. 
in the Bay Area, and if you it was a free if sometimes you could like clandestinely put four quarters in and grab one of those and then like beat your meat beat your meat to like a a sex worker ad or sometimes you'd find pornography on the road like roadkill you know it'd be like run over and be like ooh score but primarily you would just um oh you know what i used to i used to um when i was really young i would look at delia's catalogs you remember delia's mm-hmm. i would look at the lingerie section of delia's well that's what's interesting about being a woman like you don't have to beat your meat, right? But I would get horny and men didn't seem attractive to me. Because it was like, what am I going to look at like hairy men? So what would you beat your meat to? I would like look at boobs. You would look at at Cinemax titties on a horror movie? No, like Victoria's Secret calendars. And beat your meat? Like rub up against things. What kind of things? <laughs> Anything. Like what, what sort of things? Well, I remember in school I would like kind of rub up against the chair Okay. But well, that, that was different than... I wasn't looking at a catalog then. Ah, uh, so when you would masturbate, you would think about women? I would just like look at boobs and stuff. Interesting. Well, there was nowhere to look at men, really. I guess not. I don't the know. the catalogs that would come were women and women's bodies just looked better. And when you beat your meat now, do, what are you thinking about? I don't really beat my meat that much. Oh, okay. Because I have a husband and with, I fuck with, him. With good meat. With good meat. Uh-huh. Um, that's interesting so you when you fantasize you fantasize about women's bodies well no because then when i was little sometimes it would be like oh a male teacher like if there was a male in my view you would fantasize about a person but never yeah but like in terms of just finding you know images that's really interesting yeah i mean when i beat my meat mm -hmm. these days i think about the callers and the problems they're having (laughs) in the dating world let's hear another secret My biggest secret that I've never told anyone is that I have faked every single orgasm from a sexual encounter with a man, including most recently uh, my boyfriend of five years. (laughs) What? Because it's just easier than coming to terms with potentially being queer and um, dealing with that. So yeah, that's my biggest secret that I've never told anyone. That was a big twist at the end. Because she's like clearly gay. It's so funny too because it's like the beginning of the call I was like, oh no. And then the end of the call I was like, oh there's a door and it's like an obvious door. It's just like open the fucking door and walk through. But she's in a five year relationship with a man. Well that's that's a problem but it's there's such an obvious solution. It's just like there are so many orgasms awaiting you on the other side of Lesbian Mountain. It's just like <laughs> open the door, walk through, and you know, simultaneously beat your meat with a woman. I wish I could reach out over the phone and I don't know why she would want me to be there. I wish you could reach out over the phone and just like take her hand and make her be herself. Well, I will say that I'm into white lies, as you know. That's not a white lie. No, I know. But I, I think faking an orgasm would be considered a white lie. No, not for five years because I'm no, gay. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> That's I, a black lie. Totally. Oh, I don't know what lie. But what I'm trying to say is that I think that, you know, even for someone who does sort of tell white lies, sometimes I never, I think I, I, I'm sure I've faked them before. But, you know, a long time ago, I was like, oh, I'm not going to fake those. Because I feel like it's like bad luck for your relationship. Well, it's a slippery slope. Oh, that's then when do you ever know when you should really have them? So if you don't have one, the partner should know. Because also maybe he's not doing the thing that you need. Yeah, it's the thing that he's not doing that she needs is being a woman. Right. I mean, that guy can't do anything. There's no, there's no hope for that guy. I mean, there is hope for that girl though because she's she's queer. I mean, go. She even said it. She said it. And, you know, if you're listening right now, um, if you're listening right now, your partner, and listen, who, what do I know? I'm not queer. I don't know what that's like. I don't know how difficult it is to come to terms with that or to admit that to. Or what the, your relationship with your parents are. Sometimes I have no it's idea. too hard for people. Hard, easy for me to say. I will, I will say, I will say that proudly. But, uh, but your boyfriend 
doesn't want to be with someone that is not sexually attracted to him. So you're doing him no favors by sticking around. Maybe you're doing yourself a psychological favor. I don't know. But from one from a straight white man, <laughs> my invitation to you is join make a make a uh, make a immigration to Queerslavia. <laughs> Get yeah, out there. And also, faking an orgasm every time you have sex, that seems so exhaust- exhausting. Yeah, when you could just be having sex with people you want to have sex with, and they could make you come like crazy. Listen, g- go date a woman, fuck her, have an orgasm, call us back and tell us on the Secrets Hotline you did it, because we, we are rooting for you. Yeah, do it. Just do it. He'll be fine. Okay, can we take another one? What do we got? Last secret of the episode. Hi, Moshe and Tasha. I love you guys. We love you. And I am drunk, and I'm willing to share my secret that nobody in the world knows. So I am a 30-something-year-old woman. Um, I was convinced by my first cousin that he loved me and was in love with me, and therefore I fucked him <laughs> and got pregnant with him. And got an abortion. <laughs> I am also a full um, Catholic, which makes everything so much worse. And, by the way, I'm married. Um, so I technically cheated on my husband. But, what? No one knows. It's my secret. And I <laughs> hope you make fun of it so it can make me feel better. I love you guys. Bye. You know the old Catholic <laughs> saying. Laughter is the best medicine for an incest abortion, uh, non-monogamy cheating on your husband Sunday. That was like a fucking thousand layer cake, dude. So she was. So it sounds like her cousin wooed her. <laughs> She's like, I was convinced by my my cousin that he was in love with me. You know, I have known you a long time. In fact, my father is your uncle. First cousin. First cousin. I mean, I get it. There's something like taboo and hot about cousins. Uh, that would be really hard to walk around with that secret. Well, she's not walking around with it anymore. So she then probably avoids family functions. Oh, because she might see that dude? Yeah. And is he still... just because, I mean, If he was like telling... He, he didn't just fuck her when they were drunk. He convinced her that they were in love. I wonder if he did love her. Which makes me think that he's probably still on her, you know? Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if he really did love her. I also wonder if she told him that she got an abortion, which, by the way, she laughed at when she's... <laughs> what a good Catholic woman she is. <laughs> I did get an abortion. <laughs> I mean, good God. Are you listening, Alabama? There's a reason that fucking choice is important. You think that woman should have born that child? <laughs> that fucking two-tailed, like fucking three-eyed, just like catholic abomination through the world just like as her her mother's guilty her father has run out on her and the and the husband like resents that child for the rest of its life you know, oh that would be a that'd be a lovely catholic upbringing jesus christ that was deep man i love that i like that i felt like she really enjoyed telling it to us well you know everybody's and done- you're right now she like someone knows that's not something you can even tell if you tell a friend your friend's definitely going to tell her husband or you know <laughs> what i mean like you can't tell a priest can't tell a priest i guess you could right i wouldn't trust them don't they have a rule i mean who knows they fucked kids right they do seem to have some ethical <laughs> lapses. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool if she had stepped in and she's like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And he's like, what was your sin? And she's like, well, uh, my first cousin fucked me. I had an abortion and it was adultery. And he'd be like, hey, listen, I fuck kids. It's all good. I also like the way that she just like, she didn't say I cheated on my husband. She was just like. I guess technically. Maybe she's not in love with her husband. No, she's in love with her cousin. I think we established that. Well, she said he was in love with her. Oh, man. I wonder if that sex was good. I bet it was. I bet it was so hot. Of course. You think? Right, because it's so forbidden. So forbidden on so many levels. How can it not be good? Well, You're listen, like faking an orgasm with your cousin. I mean, the only... the o- <laughs> Oh, cousin. Dude, the only bad part, the only part about that whole thing that really is too bad is that she's going to burn in the hellfire of eternal damnation. No. That's, a, that's shitty. 
Oh man, what a great what a great secret. And listen, we forgive you. We don't think it's uh we think it's wild and we feel grateful that you shared it with us. But fuck it. Whatever. We all make mistakes. Yeah, and if you're not in love with your husband, you're just going to cheat on him again. Maybe it's time to like get the cord. What yeah. if she goes, what if we got her on the phone and she's like, "Oh, I can't get divorced. I'm Catholic." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing your secrets, folks. That was wild. We'll have we more. We want to take the burden off of you. We will take the burden off of everyone. You're only as sick as your secrets, so get them off your chest. Give us a call. 213-222-8608. That's 213-222-8608. And now that Natasha's voiceover audition is done, you can also text that number, your secrets, if you prefer us to read it and don't want your voice to be on. Well, we can read them for you. You're only as sick as your secrets, so call us, get them off your chest, and we'll play them on the air. So should we take another call? Yes. Next, we'll call Tanya and Jeff from Orange County. This should be our theme music. It's so good. I think it's proprietary. That would be a good idea for... That'd be great. Hello? Hello? Hey, it's Natasha Legero and Moshe Kasher. Hi. Hey. Do you guys always answer the phone together? That's so cute. (laughs) Congratulations on your baby. Oh, thank you. you. Um, So what, what is your question? We know you have a four-month-old. Oh, um, well, I um, I was asking that, um, you know, he's four months now, and we're tired all the time. I'm just, like, not in the mood to have sex ever. And poor Jeffrey, I feel so bad for him because – and I'm just, like, constantly thinking about the baby and how it, how he is. He's in the other room. Like, even when he's asleep, he could wake up, and I need to breastfeed, and my boobs hurt, and everything hurts. So All right, I here's the never, thing. I, 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 I already have answers for you. No, I'll take this one, <laughs> Natasha. <laughs> well, no, my, my OBGYN actually told me, because I, I only breastfed for three months, and he said, as long as you're breastfeeding, you don't have the desire to have sex. And he said it really is bad for relationships to breastfeed. Oh my God. <laughs> That's, my doctor is like, my doctor's he's like a gay guy who like, Ended up his he has an adopted kid who he adopted from his patient who had four. She already had three kids and she was pregnant and she wanted to abort it. And he's like, well, I'll take it. So he's like a very (laughs) out there, like definitely on the eccentric side. But he told me a lot of it breaks up a lot of marriages breastfeeding because women will breastfeed for two years. And I don't remember the physiological reason, but as long as you're breastfeeding, you're not sexually is that true? I don't. I mean, this is what my OBGYN told me. Your gay male OBGYN. I'm just saying. I, I'm sure we could like look up the scientific reasoning. That's interesting. Yeah. But anyway, I think that how long are, are you enjoying breastfeeding? I sh- I'm not trying to talk you out of it. No, I no. I'm like gonna quit right now. No, I um. <laughs> I, <laughs> I enjoy it. I do. I think it's like, it's nice. You know, like I'm lucky too. I know a lot of girlfriends that have had horror stories and bloody nipples and no milk. And like, I'm, so I feel lucky to just keep doing it while I can, or if it's like, you know, um, starts to get hard or painful now that I'm back at work. But, um, but that makes so much sense. And because my doctor too, at like six weeks was like, you're good to go. You can have sex. And I was like, what? Are you insane? Like, no, I can't. I physically and mentally, but that makes so much sense now because I was worried it was just like me and your friends don't really talk about it. No, so many of my friends, every, every friend I have who has a small baby is not having sex with their husband. The only thing I would say specifically that would make this even worse is if you have something called a family bed or you're doing like, what's it called? Um, Like co-sleeping, co-sleeping, like whatever that is. I, I mean, I just, I don't even know how women do it. They sleep in the bed with the baby and the husband sleeps on the couch. So it's like, are you, you guys aren't doing that right. No. This is very common, by the way. This is not like a rare thing. Well, Jeff, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Jeff, how difficult is this for you? Because like, I know that like Natasha was really worried about me, uh, which is weird because like she had done all the work, but the, but like it sounds like Tanya, like it, I heard in, in what you were saying, like you're really like worried about poor Jeff, but like I don't know what your feeling is, Jeff, but for me, I was like, I was like so in kind of like awe of what Natasha had done. It wasn't like I was like, 
what's up with this? When's the when's the pussy train coming? Like I'm fucking over here. I just been four fucking months. Like I I was like really kind of honoring her space. And also, I had a C-section, so I actually couldn't have sex for like two and a half months. Right. So how are you doing, Jeff? Is I guess what I'm asking. Like, are you getting frustrated, or are you kind of like? No, I mean, I don't. I don't feel like I've been putting pressure on Tanya at all. I think I've been no. Supportive. She's been very patient, (laughs) which is nice. I think she's the one who's. Very concerned and stuff. Tanya, don't feel bad. Hey, there you go. I mean, it sounds like you guys got it all figured out. No, you guys seem like you have a really good relationship. And Tanya, just like know that as soon as you wrap up breastfeeding, it's going to come yeah. back and the desire is going to come back. Right. And you guys are gonna be like back to normal. And yeah. you know, because motion the same thing happened with us. And I'd say it took about three or four months. And um But, but I, you know, if you choose yeah. to breastfeed for eight months then, you know, just know that the baby's going to get that. Right. And know that Jeff is going to cheat at eight months. (laughs) And so that's just simple. Oh, that's really reassuring. (laughs) No, I don't want to put words in your mouth, Jeff. But I, I do think like, like there are these like sort of obvious physiological differences between men and women when it comes to the child rearing process like but then there are these like more intangible ones that feel psychological like how you, tanya how you're talking about how you can't stop thinking about the baby all the time all day every second every day like and it's I, annoying and yeah. it's a hard thing to get used to like right. i'd say 70 percent of my brain activity at all times is worrying if the baby's okay and it's like i can't even remember how to pronounce basic words sometimes like i feel like an fucking idiot i've been trying to finish a magazine article for like seven months like it it sucks yeah but what i was gonna say was like if you're a decent nice guy and it sounds like jeff is and i try to be like your primary reaction to your wife post uh, partum is one of like awe and kind of honor of their process and like you're not sitting around going like dude i'm so horny i mean not saying this dick wet yeah you know it's like primarily i was just like i was i was happy to wait until natasha was ready to do what she wanted to do like i wasn't like sitting in the other room like pounding my fist in i mean i was sitting in the other room pounding my dick into my fist but you know what i'm saying like i I, it sounds like jeff you're like me like we're like we're here we we want to support you and we're ready when you are and and so you know throw some cabbage on those tits and dry them up and you guys can get back to boning whenever you're ready i know if anything this will be good for jeff to like that he wants me to keep breastfeeding so now this will be like motivation to stop (laughs) (laughs) is that true though jeff is that seem accurate what i just said yeah no i i totally like i'm not i really don't feel like i'm putting pressure on tanya like i'm i want her to you know when she's comfortable and ready then you know then we can start doing it again (laughs) and i will share with you what my doctors told me and everyone is totally free to ask their own doctors what they think but i asked my OBGYN, the same guy i said how long should i breastfeed for and he said one month is fine which seemed like very low to me and also realizing how eccentric he is I was like, well, I should probably ask my actual, what do you call the doctor for the baby? Pediatrician. The pediatrician. And she said, well, I think three months is really good and the baby will get so much of the benefits. Yep. And she, and she yep. did say it's a little overblown, the idea that you have to breastfeed. But that's just what my doctor said. So it was totally, more than three totally. months. I mean, I feel like we were all formula fed too and we're fine. Right. I didn't even get formula. I didn't get formula or breast milk. My mom gave me chicken from day one. And look at me, I'm fine. No, and Jeff, uh, you guys sound like a great couple and you got it figured out. And Tanya, I don't think you have anything to worry about. Your, your body will tell you when it's time. And give him a hand job tonight, why not? Yeah, give him a damn hand job. And Jeff, honestly, just man to man, like in the meantime, don't even worry about it. Like right now on your laptop, there are tons of barely legal teens, hot aging Latina MILFs, uh, you know, teen BBWs. I mean, there's a whole world out there. Moshe, this is feeling very specific. (laughs) Good luck, you guys. (laughs) Okay, bye. Bye, thank you. you. Thank you, guys. Good luck. I think we kind of helped them. That was good. I know. Well, because I feel like people don't have access to information. or You know what? Like, I'm the kind of person, I ask a million questions in every single doctor's appointment. So I think, like, you just have to get really aggressive with and, and ask people no, that's true. But also, I was trying to talk to Jeff because, like, he, I thought, I thought maybe he misunderstood what I was saying. Like, I wasn't saying Jeff's like pressuring 
his wife to have sex. I was saying like almost the opposite. Like no one tells you how to be a man in a situation when you have kids. Like there, there's so many books about like how to be a woman and what you're what to expect after pregnancy. But like when you're a man, you feel so like sort of removed from the process like i don't i wouldn't call it guilt but it feels close to guilt mm-hmm. where you're it's this like sort of uneasy like what have i done to this person that i love her body is all like you know up in upheaval her sex life is in upheaval her her like you know like you feel the opposite of like hurry up and have sex with me you feel like i want you to want to have sex i want you to just be healthy and whole and better. And well, that's it, a very empathetic way of looking at it, Moshe. You I just think, happen to be I don't very think evolved. I, don't I think, think a lot of me. men are just like, oh, I'm horny. Yeah, if they're idiots. I just smoked my cigar, <laughs> and now the baby's here, and I want to celebrate. No, I think I think most guys are more like that. They're more like, they're, they. Why would you be with your wife if you didn't love her? Anyway, Jeff, you'll get laid someday. <laughs> so, what do we learn tonight? I'm not sure, but I I, um, I think we helped some people. <laughs> Good one. We learned that... I learned that you had sex with 400 people. We learned that I had sex insanity. with a few people. Insanity. 400? There's like... Does that bother you? <sighs> yeah, kind of. I don't know. Whatever. Cool. Well, we've learned that my relationship <laughs> isn't going to last. We learned that Wicca and paganism is not a religion to be feared as much as embraced and perhaps cautiously entered into and we also learned that if you're recently pregnant remember suck your husband's dick <laughs> and put some cabbage on your tits you'll get to fucking again eventually and also remember to email us with any of your relationship questions at endless honeymoonpod at gmail and give us your phone number so we can give you a call yeah we can call you live you. on the air and you can also call us at 213 222 8608. That is my cell phone. Yeah, you can call Natasha's cell phone <laughs> and leave your issue that you would like us to call you about and give you our advice and also make fun of you in a way that at certain points might feel like bullying. Oh, yeah. Send pictures. We'll, we will give you a free roast. Yeah, we'd love to. Um, Natasha. Yes. I love you. Love you too. 